From KCSU Studios in Fort Collins, Colorado, this is International Voices. Hey, everybody, and welcome to International Voices, a podcast that shares the perspectives and experiences of international students studying at Colorado State University. My name is John Hildebrand, and I am your host. This week, I sat down with Gaurav Harsha, a master's student in the electrical engineering department. Gaurav is from Mumbai, India, and has been at CSU since the fall of 2016. Some organizations he is a part of include the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineering, the Council of International Student Affairs, the Indian Students Association, and he also spends time working with us in the Office of International Programs. In our conversation, we discuss how Mumbai is both the LA and New York of India, the linguistic and cultural diversity within India, how to find unity in diversity, and how to navigate the insanely packed train cars of Mumbai. If you're like me and fascinated by the sheer enormity of amazing cultural elements of India, you'll really enjoy this conversation. Stay tuned. Garav, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm I'm a little bit upset about the surprise snow we have outside. Oh yeah. It was 65 April degrees showers. yesterday. Who can say what? <laughs> yeah, but it's not even a shower. It's like a it's it's snow. Showers are supposed to be rain, right? Yeah. Welcome to Colorado. Exactly. I, even though I've lived here for a while, it still surprises me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought we were done. But we're never we're not done until May. May. <laughs> then we can say we're safe. It's we're usually safe. we're safe. Last June, year we definitely. got a snow day in May in summer. That's right. So so really <laughs> we're not safe until June. No. <laughs> but it's supposed to be warmer this weekend, so mm-hmm. uh, I think I can survive. Good. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Garav, you're really involved on campus mm-hmm. and in our office, and I think you'll have a really good perspective on some things. I'm excited to talk about India. It's mm-hmm. such a big part of our international student population. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a lot of really, really cool stuff to touch on. Mm-hmm. So with Absolutely. with that, let's get started. Absolutely. You're from Mumbai, right? Yes, I am. Can you describe Mumbai to someone who's never been there? Uh, so Mumbai is this huge metropolitan city that uh, right now has, I think, 22 million people in it. And uh, it started out as uh, seven or eight different islands that the Britishers reclaimed from the waters and made it into one whole big city as you can see it now. But uh, when you talk about Mumbai, I'd like to talk about Bombay, the feel of it uh, and the style of it. And then Mumbai, which is uh, when it got renamed after Indian government took over from the Britishers and then renamed it as Mumbai. So just to clarify, Bombay and Mumbai are the same Are the same thing, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit confusing. for mm-hmm. That was for me initially. Yep. Mm-hmm. So same city, different names. Yeah. Uh, I think the way Mumbai is, it's it's always moving. You'll never see somebody just not doing anything at any times. There's always something always happening. It's uh, it's a very lively city. And, and Mumbai is the center for Bollywood, yes. correct? Yes. And Mumbai is the center for Bollywood uh, and also is the economic capital of India. So uh, like you have... Hollywood and, you know, Washington, D.C. and like, you know, Wall Street all both combine in Mumbai for India. When you say uh, Bollywood, all of the uh, songs, the culture, the the dance, the films and also the stock exchange. So both of those kind of play very well uh, in the whole mix in Mumbai. And uh, 
the whole the whole mix causes a good uh, a bollywoody and a very nice uh industry experience so needless to say it's a very important city mm-hmm. yeah. possibly one of the most important in india yeah india, and, and leading to that a lot of lot of outside people who are not native to mumbai move so when my grandparents moved from uh, ratnagiri which is like a, a district far south in in my state we moved to mumbai just to have better opportunities and more of a city life more stable life more job opportunities etc so a lot of people do move to mumbai because of the glimmery and glittery feeling of it and also this has to do with both bollywood and the stock exchange to be able to get to know like the business side of things and also the fame and fashion and glamour kind of things so people move for various different reasons and they struggle for a lot of years sometimes to be able to make that one break in the films or that one break in business it's interesting that you mentioned that because it makes me think about in the united states we have los angeles we mm-hmm. have hollywood mm-hmm. so people who have dreams of being an actor or mm-hmm. in show business they move to la yeah. to try mm-hmm. to make it big and then if you're in the financial industry or the mm-hmm. business industry typically you'll move to new york mm-hmm. and it almost sounds like mumbai is both of those both things combined of yes yes so there's so is there that that dream it sounds like it mm-hmm. there's that dream of going to mumbai mm-hmm. to catch your big break yeah it's a dream city a lot of people go there just because they want to like get their dreams done and they think that staying in their own town or little uh, you know uh, towns wouldn't make it and then they won't have the education they won't have opportunities to work they don't have opportunities to grow they won't have opportunities to grow and settle for their whole family as such so they just want to move and probably have a chance at something bigger than themselves So you'd say that the Indian dream is alive in yep. Mumbai? Yep. I I'd say that. <laughs> Do you use that phrase? Not really. <laughs> Not like the American dream. <laughs> But that the same the same concept mm-hmm. exists, right? Like Yep. Yep. What dish makes you think of home? What what dish do you connect most strongly with home? I think paneer because I'm a vegetarian and paneer is like meat to us. Uh a lot of a lot of indians do eat chicken goat uh whatever but uh for me as a vegetarian i think paneer is the best like meat and it's really good explain what paneer is for so, someone who doesn't know so it's 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 cottage cheese basically but it's more coagulated kind of a form and it's not as cottage cheese as like you know uh the texture is much more tight and more like tofu i'd say uh and then it's cut into pieces and uh add masalas and onions and tomatoes and everything and then you just fry it a little bit saute it and then uh that's how you get the paneer tikka masala yeah mm-hmm. i i really love uh i love paneer. palak paneer mm-hmm. is one of my favorite dishes yeah <laughs> i i also saw that india has the lowest meat consumption per capita mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. which i'm actually not surprised by because i know a lot of indian food is mm-hmm. vegetarian yeah can you describe like where do you, where does that come from uh where does like Why why is India more India, not yeah. meat eating? Indian food more mm-hmm. inclined to be vegetarian. I think I think in the Hindu culture itself it's it's very uh not trying to eat meat and not trying to be violent with anybody and just trying to be more ahimsa which is not non-violence and I think that's Gandhi's best, best kind of a motto of non-violence and I think that's the basic root culture that 
in lot of indians have in terms of being hindu uh, but for me my parents don't eat meat my uh, my caste kind of is non meat eating caste so we don't eat meat and that's just because i don't know why probably something to do with religion and i just have followed that it, it's not like a something that you do not have to eat meat or like god will punish you or whatever but it's just my choice right now so uh, it sounds like it has religious roots mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a religious decision it's yeah. like a cultural yeah yeah i I've, yeah. i've had some of the best vegetarian food i've had in my life mm-hmm. i i mean i just love indian food as it is <laughs> it doesn't matter but um i think when i first was exploring different mm-hmm. kinds of foods i was really mm-hmm. am- amazed by how diverse the indian spectrum is of mm-hmm. vegetarian options oh, because yeah. here in the us mm-hmm. typically it's changing more recently but in years past it was you'd have pretty limited options yeah. in terms of your vegetarian options but mm-hmm. in in indian food uh, there's typically a lot of vegetarian choices yeah and then that that depends on each state as well like each state in our and our states are all uh, bifurcated depending on the language that they speak so right now i think we have 29 states and then seven different union territories that also uh, are forming like a region and each of those states have characteristic uh, dishes that they that they make and all of those depend kind of on where where the state is located would you say that there's a lot of diversity within indian cuisine a mm-hmm. lot of regional diversity oh yeah and like when i say i come from a brahmin community that does not eat meat uh in my state there's the same exact brahmin community in in bengal which is an eastern state which has fresh water they have a lot of peruvial uh rivers that come out from the himalaya himalayas and uh, all of those fresh waters have a lot of fresh fish like you know fresh water fish types so all of those people have uh great dishes for fish and fish is not non vegetarian for them so it has to do with all of the different places where you come from essentially yeah that's that's really interesting <laughs> i think oftentimes when we look at cultures from an american perspective mm-hmm. we don't recognize how just like in american culture how we mm-hmm. have so many regional mm-hmm. specifics that mm-hmm. are so different mm-hmm. same with other countries especially one as as large as india mm-hmm. and with as much in as much cultural influence in the history mm-hmm. like of different influences right that create those unique cultures within mm-hmm. within a country. Yeah. Lot to learn. That's why <laughs> when I go to India, mm-hmm. I really want to try to make to to be there enough time to visit a lot of different places mm-hmm. because I recognize how unique yeah. different parts of India are. I think even when we were growing up as school children, we always had this big motto of university in uni- unity in diversity. So everything like we did uh like maybe a skit and on an annual day function uh was always based on unity and diversity and i think when you go to each parts of india it's kind of so different and you just learn so many different local things and local psychologies that make you feel oh wow this is a whole different place at all like i didn't know this could be possible in india there's a saying that after every 4 miles the the taste of the water changes and after every 8 kilometers sorry after 8 4 km after every 4 kilometers the taste of the water changes and after every 8 kilometers the the language changes so when you go after every 8 kilometers there's a, a different sense of there's a different sense of language different dialect always coming in so when you go on the maharashtra 
Karnataka border, you'll have different a different dialect and different you know style of speaking. When you go Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh border, which is like the central India, uh, you'll have a different uh, you know sentence structure in itself for the space for the same language. And as I said again, all of the Indian states are divided uh, and demarcated with the state with the state language. So the people that speak the language are in that particular state. And right now we I think we have twenty nine states. So and that keeps growing every so often. Uh, so the states will split, and then but that's along language lines. Yeah. So if if that particular town or that village speaks one language, then that comes in that state. So and that's why when you see the map of India, you see very like a, you know, not a very square or not a very circular, you know, bifurcation. It's not very geometric. It's very like freehand drawing, you know. So that's something that has to do with that. So it's not it's it's not divided along geographic mm-hmm. lines as much as it is cultural. Cultural, lines. yeah. Mm-hmm. How so? How many languages do you speak? Okay, so I speak. So my mother tongue is Marathi. And then uh, I grew up studying English in school. And then the national language is Hindi. And so I know these three languages for sure. And I also know Telugu, which is my mother's birthplace language. Uh, and then and then I also know a little bit of Gujarati, which is a, another state that is above my state. Is Do some of those languages have similar roots? Is that how mm-hmm. you're able to to understand or are you learning completely different languages at a young age and just being able to use them as almost like different codes? I think both. Uh, the basic basic uh, root is Sanskrit for all Indian languages. And then a lot of people say that uh, Dravidian languages, which are mostly the South, South Southern state languages are kind of uh, also Sanskrit uh, oriented, but they have a different root. But uh, growing up, I think I didn't learn it from that perspective. I just learned it from what people were talking, listening, kind of getting to know what the connotations were for the language, for the sentence formation, and then just as a spoken language perspective, not as a very, okay, this is the root and this may be the meaning of this word. What is a popular misconception about India and how is it incorrect? Oh, uh, so... From what I've heard and what I've talked to people, a lot of a lot of people think that Indians are just poor, illiterate, uh, cannot speak English, and are very barbaric, barbaric in nature. And uh, I I wouldn't want to like dismay that uh, thought, but I mean, Slumdog Millionaire did a good job on portraying the Indian culture, but uh, there's a lot more than that. I think Indians are very much. Uh, developed in terms of academics they have a lot of things that they do in themselves in terms of uh, education so at least from all the people that i know uh, everybody wants to get their children in a good school in a good college that is an undergrad institution they'd at least want their children to get a master's degree uh, and if they can get a phd they'll be up for it and with the way the indian culture goes a lot of a lot of parents help their students help their children to get a education uh, and that's and that's really good and also uh, about the illiterate part i think yes there's a lot of poverty in which which is, which is kind of the reason why there's a lot of illiteracy uh, but there's been things going on for uh, some time now to kind of eradicate that 
and then uh i think the population is also one of the things that uh could could uh be the reason why people think that india is a poor country india is not very rich or you know educated or illiterate and a lot of people uh ask me about how i can speak english in the first place and i was like well the britishers colonized us for 200 years and they gave us a lot of things and it included english so and i studied in a jesuit institution which uh first language was english for me since i think junior kindergarten so and i i studied in a jesuit institution until my 10th grade and also did my undergrad engineering in a jesuit institution which was also english and my medium of education was always english and that's the case for a lot of cities and a lot of uh, uh education institutes in india so a lot of people are literate a lot of people are educated i think that's one of the myths that i like to bust <laughs> there's always every culture is multifaceted mm mm-hmm. and we it's hard to get that experience and un- depth of understanding without knowing people from mm-hmm. there or visiting mm-hmm. so this is something that i think if we can all keep in mind whenever we explore other cultures we have to recognize that what we see for example you mentioned slum dog millionaire mm-hmm. which you you mentioned does represent uh parts of the culture really mm-hmm. well but it doesn't paint the whole picture mm-hmm. so taking those as as pieces of the puzzle but not the entire yeah but we can't we can't use that as the entire picture. Mhm. Right. Yeah. What can Americans learn from Indians? Huh. I think just to be like together uh and actually deal with deal with issues and I think I think a little bit of spirituality as well. I wouldn't say I know a lot of uh, a lot of people go to India and spend times with you know uh, gurus or spiritual people to get to know what life is and everything but i think that's not that's not the best way to do that i think you should just go about uh understanding each and everybody in their own sense of life and try and see where they stand uh, and why they're doing those things what they're doing also the fact that there's unity in diversity of course but there's also the fact that all of all of indians and all of the cultures that a kind of form a melting pot also uh show the world that you can sustain uh in a melting pot kind of situation you do not have to have walls you do not have to have uh people being barred off from different areas cool. and on the flip side what can indians learn from americans I think Indians can learn from a lot from Americans in con- in terms of considering uh, individualism as you said earlier a lot of people are so so well uh connected that they lose their self and that can be a sad situation where oh everybody is doing engineering let me do, do engineering too uh oh everybody is getting great marks in their 10th grade and if i don't i'll be a loser in front of all my relatives and all my family oh uh i'm this female girl female student that wants to uh do something in life and my family has been telling me to do like go go in a doctor school or go in a medical school and that's what i should do otherwise people would call me you know names or whatever i think this is what uh indians could learn from americans is that to be more open minded and to 
and to be like you know you can do whatever you want to do and just excel at it and that's about it and if you fail at it well that's your your failure you need to deal with it and and the way that parents bring up children here is kind of different from where in india where they take care of them they you know uh they nurture them until until they can actually get a house for themselves or you know marry or have children of their own but here you have parents like telling children to go out in college and be like be on your own do whatever you want to do come see me we'll see you in homecoming or we'll see you in thanksgiving that's about it and i think that from there like a lot of lot of children get to learn about how they can be themselves and how to fend for themselves in the real world i think that's a very good thing that indians can learn because in the real world nobody's going to be helping you out from the spoon feeding perspective you have to find things and ways and things to do for yourself i like that positive spin on that aspect because mm-hmm. i think sometimes when we talk we focus on how individualism can be damaging mm-hmm. in terms of uh collective success mm-hmm. but i think you put a really positive spin on that in mm-hmm. saying that that really does help people develop the tools to be successful in mm-hmm. a world that is unpredictable and sometimes you need to rely on yourself mm-hmm. if you had 24 hours to show a friend from here around mumbai what would you do to give them the best experience mm I actually had one of these experiences actually three of these experiences where students from uh, an immersion trip uh, in 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 the bay area came down to mumbai to my institute to learn about mumbai and to learn about india on a whole and what i did uh, was take them uh, to the street food even though i knew some of them would not be able to digest it or may not be able to you know accust get accustomed to it and a lot of them were told to not have street food in the first place if they got sick or whatever due to liability reasons but uh i think that is one of the fields that they should get uh and then the second thing was to show them around town just show them around the transportation system and one of my friend uh who was an american he he and i he i asked him to step into the train first and then the train was so crowded that i couldn't get in and he and the train left so and i was like okay this is not a good situation for him and thankfully he got he got off on the third station because he couldn't get off on the first one there's so many people inside the train itself so he got off wherever people pushed him out and uh, i was like okay and then i took the next train and stopped on each and every uh, station and looked and found him but that's another experience that you'd love to have uh, just to be able to kind of see that not everybody is uh, you know getting a nice little seat to sit transport themselves from one end of the city to another and that's a good experience to have That's I think that's one that a lot of Americans I'm speaking from personal experience are a little bit uncomfortable with a a different yep. sense of personal space. Uh-huh. And I think there's no personal space in Mumbai at least in the trains and I encourage people to go online and search for crowded Mumbai suburban trains and you'll see a lot of videos of how people just gush into the trains because the trains do not have uh, closed doors they have open doors uh, as soon as the train kind of slows down onto the railway track people will jump in they will not even wait till the train actually stops so when i had come here and i was like wow the train the bus will actually stop for me and i'll actually have to pull a string for the bus to be requested to be stopped and I was like wow this is crazy and uh, and everybody would just jump in to find a seat and or to find a space to stand and put their two feet on the train 
So needless to say, if you hesitate, you're probably not going to get on the train. You're not. And I, I have left like so many trains just in the anticipation of getting a less crowded train. And I think I did a good good job at that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's worth waiting for the next one. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything that you would like to encourage listeners to think about or to do? Yeah, I think come to India night. Uh, it's free of cost for everybody, all CSU students, faculty, staff, Fort Collins community. Uh, it's free, and anybody can come. You can get your, you know, uh, family. You can get people who are come who have come here from other towns, other places. Uh, a lot of alumni also come for our events, uh, and then uh, India night is really a great, great way of people on campus, people on. Indian people on campus to be able to get to know other Indians as well and build build that sense of community that uh, one needs to have on a campus. I think to be better uh, serving everybody. I think in in the terms of uh, getting to know everybody and trying to learn from each other. If listeners are wondering why Garov sounds so presidential when he talks about it, it's because he is the president of the Indian Student Association. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I just think that was that was very diplomatic the way that you handled that <laughs> that invitation to everybody. So I I, ha- I had this elevator pitch pitch though. Uh, so I think I I just put that in. That was good. Yeah, that's that's what you have to do in the in the political arena. Not suggesting that that's where you're going, but people need to go to Delhi to get a, get. To Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you're you're on the business side of things, right? (laughs) Garav, thanks for being here. It was a great conversation. It was awesome to be here. Yeah, we'll see you all at Indian Night. See you. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a follow on social media where you can check out our upcoming guest lineup, keep up with new developments, and submit listener questions or comments. Our Facebook page is at INTL Voices Podcast. Our Instagram handle is international underscore voices. Or feel free to send us a good old-fashioned email at internationalvoicespodcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in connecting with the international community here at CSU, come check out some of the events put on by the Office of International Programs. You can find the events calendar on our website at international.colostate.edu. Thanks as always to KCSU 90.5 for hosting the show. Remember, we've all got a story to tell, and those stories have a tremendous power to connect us. Find the courage to share your voice and listen to others in order to make this world a kinder, more connected, and more beautiful one.